We had a big day, Dr. P. We were attacked by the monster. We did save the mayor, though. Well, that was mostly me. But still, we were attacked. Well, Point Nutchess was the only one who was really hurt. <laughs> and he pissed his pants. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was happy that we took that selfie with him in his piss pants. No. <laughs> he was so mad. Uh, I hope he forgives us. We were wrong about him. Uh, I'm sure he will forgive you. And I'm sure that his arm will feel better in no time. Uh, Doc? We never said his arm was injured. Hi, I'm Matthew Miner. And I'm Stephen Holmes. And this is Corntown, an investigative journalism podcast brought to you by the SM Experience. What's going on here, Doc? How did you know Nutchess hurt his arm? Uh, I am sure you must have mentioned this information. I'm confident we didn't. To be honest, I forget exactly where he was hurt. Yeah, all we remember was his piss pants. Well, you know how it is in a town that is small. News travels in a rapid fashion. Not that quickly. Uh, what if I told you I possess psychic abilities? Then you wouldn't keep flubbing our breakfast orders. What is it exactly that you boys are getting at? We're saying it's suspicious that you know where Boyd was hurt. Were you not getting that? I thought you were smart. <laughs> this is quite a ridiculous accusation. Is it? You've been stringing us along this whole time, pointing us to dead ends. You hinted at the monster's big feet. You let us borrow your visa to order ghost hunting equipment, which turned out to be flea market electronics with hot glue. You insisted we watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Even though we wanted to watch the Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. Every time we get close, you point us in a new direction. A direction that always turns out to be bogus. Heck, the first attack happened near the Amaze Institute. I bet if we look into it, we'll find you were working that night. Or we'll find that you were the night off, so you could attack Howie Hurts. What? No, he'd be working. It's connected to the Maze Institute. How could he be working and attacking at the same time? Duh, it's called a coffee break. Uh, he doesn't drink coffee, it gives him the scoots. Oh yeah. Either way, there's only one place we'll find out. Take us to the Maze Institute, Doc. I, I cannot do this. What are you hiding? I'm not hiding anything. It is just... complicated. Okay, Avril Lavigne. Complicated because you're the one behind us? No. Complicated in that the process for acquiring visitor badges is not at all simple. First, you are required to visit Human Resources, where you receive visitor forms PV1 and PGV-2, which you have to fill out and return by post. If approved, there are then two screening uh, so processes for security clearance involving six different questionnaires and three different background checks, as well as a well-on-one interview and polygraph. At this point, we fell asleep. And that surfaced a new question. Did Dr. Pupsfreud purposely lull us into a slumber with his boredness? Or was he in good faith describing the tedious process to gain visitor passes to his workplace? Last season, by episode 7, we'd made real progress in the murder we were investigating. This time, things aren't looking so rosy. 
The attacks continue and their viciousness only increases the more we investigate. With the string of holidays just days away, we need to act fast to prevent a massacre in Corntown. We've ruled out Bigfoot, ghosts, aliens, and Jake Gyllenhaal. That's all the monsters we know of, which leaves precious few other possibilities. We stormed our brains for ideas. We even made one of those cool poster boards with suspect photos and pieces of yarn that connect them together. It was a fun craft. Really fun. And all the strings connected to a suspect we had previously considered, but quickly exonerated. Dr. Rutger Kirkenschwanz Pupsenfreud. Just like his knowledge of Boyd's injuries, him lulling us to sleep could be no coincidence. When we awoke, he was gone without a trace. No sign of where he went. No dinner cooked. He didn't even leave us leftovers to reheat. We've hunted Bigfoot, ghosts, aliens, and ad revenue. But now we hunt the most dangerous game. Man. Man. Oh, sorry. I thought I was supposed to say that part. Uh, you can if you want to. Uh, no, no, it's okay. You've, you've earned this one. I insist. The line is yours. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You clearly want to say it. I did, uh, but like not anymore. Like the moment, the moment kind of got ruined. Yeah, it did. We boofed that one. Uh, uh, should we just cut to an ad break? This episode of Corntown is brought to you in part by Dr. Morg's Sneaky Tiki Bar. Aloha, buds and budettes. Dr. Morg here. <laughs> well, not officially. Let's just say the doctor's out and the party is in. Are you looking for a night out in the town where you can slurp down a few drinks and meet cashews off a counter that makes you wonder how clean it really is? Then come on down to Dr. Morg's Sneaky Tiki Bar, the bar that I illegally run in the morgue after hours. I make the best cocktails and definitely don't use the same tools and instruments that I use to cut open dead suckers and rums around. <laughs> Enjoy a pina colada, a Bahaba Mama, or my own personal concoction, a whiskey glass filled with coconut rum and Kahlua. Come on down and crack open some cold ones, and not how I usually do, you know, by performing autopsies, <laughs> at Dr. Borg's Sneaky Tiki Bar. The drinks aren't the only things that are stiff. We were renewed in our belief that our friend, Dr. Pupsenbroid, is responsible for the attack's plague in Corntown. But even though we've been staying with him, and the fact that he considers us his best friends, we actually know very little about the man. We decided to speak with the townsfolk to see what information we could glean, and maybe uncover clues to where we might find him. Dr. Pupsenbroid. Yeah, I interned for him at the Maze Institute the last couple of summers. He's a smart cookie. He showed me how to use the Bunsen burner to cook my KD. Before that, I was eating the uncooked noodles and snorting the sauce powder. Changed my life. He also got me into this really cool band called Whirlpool Dishwasher. My name is Renda Haversump, broker, listing agent, amateur spoon whittler. Well, I suppose the first time I laid eyes upon Rudy was when we were volunteering for Cobitats for Hucornity. That's a charity program in which we built corn stands for underprivileged farmers in faraway places like Scarborough. 
He was quite Hindi with a hammer and nails, and he definitely knew his way around a sliding bevel. Oh, he could slide my bevel any day, and I could jig his dedo. And I did, several times. Oh, how I hark back to those sultry Scarborough nights. Of course, that all changed when he met Sheila, and I got into smoking crack rock. Oh, Scarborough, a true renaissance town! Old Dr. Popsenfreud, yeah. He's been at the Mays Institute since it became operational. Well, except for last fall. Well, what happened last fall? He took a sabbatical. Yeah, he spent a lot of that time helping his friend, Justin Doby. Justin Doby? He was friends with Justin Doby? Ever since they were boys. Pups and Freud was helping Doby with his mayoral campaign. I remember he was awfully disappointed when Justin didn't win. So Doby loses the race and walks into oblivion, and his best friend, Dr. Peace, seeks revenge. More like best fiend. Stellar wordplay, Matt. Thanks. Looks like this was connected to the mayor race after all. And it looks like we found our motive. We have to find him. I'll bring the car around. What are you doing later? Me? Uh, probably sleeping. Sounds lonely. Maybe instead you'd like to help me with some paperwork. I really wouldn't. I'm really afraid of getting paper cuts, and that sounds like paper cut city. Well, maybe you can help me fit a package into the right slot. That sounds like a one-person job. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Do you want to bang again when I'm done all that work? Of course! Thanks to Daisy Pop-Tarts, we now know Dr. Pumpsenfreud's motive for committing these attacks. His best friend, Justin Doby, was humiliated by the town that rejected him and voted yet another adorable animal into the mayor's office. And now with Justin Doby missing, and presumed dead, <laughs> I mean the guy's a wiener, could Pumpsenfreud be seeking revenge by attacking those who ran against him in the election, and at the same time tarnishing Corntown's reputation? Reputation? Oh yeah, now we're talking. Maybe not Taylor's best album, but... Definitely an underrated gem. One of my faves for sure. Yeah, I bet. We decided to pay a visit to Boyd Nutches to reveal this new revelation. And to apologize about his piss pants. Matthew, Stephen, uh, you guys shouldn't be here. Hey, Officer Crubble, is Boyd here? He is, but he doesn't want to see you guys. He told me to keep you out of here. But it's important. We need to talk to him. Oh, I don't know. He said he'd let me have it if I let you guys in. Well, we'll let you have these donuts if you... Donuts? Yummer, 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 tummer, yummer. Too easy. Like giving candy to a baby. Oh, there he is. Uh, Boyd! Hey, Boyd, over here. I, I know, I know. We are the last two people you want to see. Oh, no, no. You're exactly who I want to see. Really? No. The only way I'd want to see you two is if you were drowning in a lake of fire. Oh, that's poetic. Look, we're sorry that we laughed at you when you pissed your pants. And we're sorry that we tweeted about it with the hashtag PissPissNutJus. And for creating the website, BoydPissHisPants.edu. And for sending it to every media outlet we could think of. 
I'm going to give you to the count of five to get out of my crime scene. One. We need your help. Okay, we know who's behind the attacks. Is that so? Who is it this time? Dracula? Blackula? Scott Bakula? Why don't you two quantum leap yourselves out of my personal space? It's Dr. Popsenfreud. Dr. Whoozy Is that the sad science guy who cooks for you? Used to cook for us. We're really hungry. He went missing after we confronted him. We thought you might have leads on him from your own investigation. Or maybe money for the vending machine. I'll be honest. I've never considered him a suspect. Frankly, I don't see it. He knew where you were injured without us telling him about it. Maybe he's psychic. Trust us, he's not. He's also been misdirecting us this whole time we've been here. And for what reason would he be committing these attacks? Does the name Justin Doby mean anything to you? Can't say that it does. Who is he? Uh, he's this loser that ran for mayor last year and lost. He's Pups and Freud's best friend. He also went missing after the election. A lot of people think he took his own life. We think Pups and Freud is getting revenge. Okay, all of the victims of the attacks were involved in the election. Parker Posse, Treadsnout, they were obviously two of the candidates. Two others ran polling stations, and how he hurts hosted a debate on his camping vlog that did Doby no favors. It's all connected. What about Joe Meef? Was he involved in the election? Joe Meef? Park Ranger? Not that we know of. He is connected to Doby, though. Yeah, he was Doinkin' Doby's wife. So you boys know him? Yeah, we met him a few days ago. Uh, the day we were looking for Bigfoot. Is that so? That's the last time anyone saw him. He's missing. Presumed dead. You two don't happen to know anything about that. No way. I mean, yeah, we were in the woods that night. And yeah, someone else did die while we were out there. And there's no way to prove who did it, but no way. It had to be Pups and Freud. I'll admit, I'm skeptical. But unlike your other theories, it's not completely bad shit. I can't operate on a hunch alone, though. Do you have physical evidence that Dr. Pups and Freud is the culprit? No. But I bet I know where to find some. The Blockhusker. No, the Maze Institute. Maze Institute. Yeah, we're gonna break in, or er, not break in legally. Yeah, not not break and break in. <laughs> we're not criminals. <laughs> no, we're not. Don't worry, I didn't hear a thing. Oh, I said we're gonna break into the Maze Institute, and then panicked and tried to cover. And I helped cover and said we weren't breaking and breaking in. It kind of winked, like, yeah, we aren't breaking in, but like, hey. Don't be mad at us. <laughs> yeah, I... Just get some evidence. Who's Evan? Uh... Infiltrating the Maze Institute would be no easy feat. One does not simply walk into a corn research facility. We're talking 12-foot walls, razor wire, Guards with automatic weapons. Hallways with intricate laser sensors. Corntown takes corn seriously. If we're going to do this, we're going to need to get crafty. A trip to the town records office and a Cornhub gift card got us copies of the Maze Institute's blueprints. With those, we found a small access tunnel that runs under the fence on the east side of the building. We had a way onto the property, but now we needed a way inside the building. State-of-the-art security cameras monitored every inch of the property all except one camera that has an easy-to-exploit blind spot. A statue of Children of the Corn author Stephen King blocks just enough of the view from this camera, allowing us to slip in undetected through an air-vent grate. We memorized the maze of exhaust vents and traced a path to the inner labs where Pups and Freud works. 
Our time spent in an Albanian contortionist collective has never come in more handy. We silently dropped to the linoleum, and we were in. Now we face a new challenge. Two enormous armored guard bears. We told you, they take their corn seriously. Luckily, I never leave home without a bologna sandwich and a couple fistfuls of sleeping pills. We let those grizzlies chow down and soon they were sawing logs. Easy peasy. We're close. One last stretch of corridors and we'd be at Pops and Freud's lab. An assortment of side view mirrors stolen off cars in the parking lot took care of the laser grid, and a few well-timed dance moves helped us avoid being spotted in the remaining cameras. Now the only obstacle standing in our way is a state-of-the-art lock with a combo keypad and a handprint and ocular scanner. A lock like this can't be picked, or hacked, unless you're the guy who built it. Luckily, I happened to meet the guy who did build this and saved his life while he was choking on a hot dog. Now he owes me a favor. One phone call and this lock was picked. Yes, Jer, it's totally legal. We're allowed to be in the building. My friend just left his baby in the room. I agree, he is a neglectful father. I'm sorry you had to deal with that too. Uh, look, Jer, suck it up. This babies are gone or any minute. It's got weak lungs. I don't know, it's a meth baby? Just open the door, please. Thanks, Jer. We're in. Alright, we're inside. This looks like a pretty normal lab. Yeah, it's got everything you expect in a lab. Beakers, graduated cylinders, Bunsen burners. What about one of those fancy spinny thingies? A peloton? Yeah, over there. Gotta stay fit for lab work. Yeah, that explains his buns of steel. Okay, there's gotta be evidence here somewhere. A computer, logs... Whoa, there's logs over by the fireplace. Ooh, Duraflame! This place is state-of-the-art. I'll check his desk. I'll check the closet. Hmm, lab coat, lab coat, lab coat. Whoa, what the hell is this? Dr. Pupsenbrot has a Chewbacca costume. That's weird. He seems more like a Trekkie. I don't think this would fit him. Not his buff toned legs anyway. Matt, over here. I found someone. <laughs> Sleeping on the job. These scientists are so lazy. Messy too. <laughs> Looks like he spilled strawberry jam all over his shirt. He's lying in a whole puddle of it. What a slob. Maybe he knows where we can find evidence. Hey. Hey, buddy. Looks like a deep sleeper. You really gotta shake him. Hey! Hey, guy! Wake up! Is your neck supposed to bend that way? I wish. Wouldn't have had to get those ribs removed. Oh. Oh. What? I got that jam all over my hands. It tastes like if you mix that ketchup you kept in your fridge five years past its expiration date with, like, copper pennies. Weird. Oh, hey, I see something under that desk. Uh, oh, that's an awfully big mallet. Was he trying to eat jam with this thing? It's covered in it. Something strange here. Yeah. Why would you use a mallet to eat jam? No. Do you think breaking in was a little too easy? Uh, I thought we were just naturals. Whoa, take it easy. You're going to wake that guy up. Boyd? Boyd, what's going on here? Stephen Holmes, Matthew Minor, you two are under arrest for murder. Did you say murmurs?
next time on Corntown. Wait, come on. This is crazy. We shouldn't be on trial. Oh man, this looks bad for us. I, like many of the fine folks in this town, have been duped. Steve, what are you doing? I'm sorry. This has been an SM Experience production. Executive produced by Stephen T. Holmes, Matthew Miner, and I'm a Plastic. Episode mixed by Richard Mixon. If you have any information about the attacks in Corntown, email us at the smexp at gmail.com. <laughs>